0: Bienvenidos and welcome back to puro pinche gol, the place we discuss all things USMNT y la selección mexicana. My name is Adrian, being joined again by my fellow co-host Tocayo. Adrian, now that we're back from a week's long sabbatical at the beach, man, how you doing, bro? <laughs>
1: hey man, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Thankful thankful for being back in the in the land of the land of the free, home of the brave, back in America. Um, and I'm also very happy that I was able to spend a few days with you down there in Mexico at the beach. Parting it up for your bachelor so uh it's nice to be back thankful for being here with you and i'm ready to, ready to get started
0: yeah man definitely good time well deserved and uh you know ready to get back 100 into it with ppg nation thanks to all you guys uh, our listeners that stuck with us during the during that uh, week and a half that we weren't really active but uh now we're back stronger than ever and uh, gonna be posting um consistently again uh as we continue with this Gold Cup in this summer of uh, crazy transfer, transfer rumors, and just a lot of uh, news for USMNT and Mexico. Um, Adrián, man, you know, we were watching the uh, Gold Cup group stage down there um, at the hotel, uh, keeping up with what was going on. uh, We're really up to date of what happened. Uh, You know, that Qatar match uh, kind of soured that day for us there at the beach. But, um, you know, uh, this is going to be kind of our Gold Cup group recap episode. The last time we talked to PPG Nation, we had kind of done our reactions video of USMNT's first game against Jamaica and Mexico's first game against... um, Who they play? The first one, Honduras? Yeah. Yes, Honduras. Honduras, yeah. So now we're going to be kind of going in and kind of reviewing the Gold Cup uh, group stage for both teams, uh, how they did, how did our predictions do um, during our prediction episode, and kind of just reviewing... uh, quarterfinal opponents and uh, our predictions for the quarterfinal um let's get into it man um obviously gold cup group stage has come to a close uh you want to run it down for our uh listeners here man how the groups shook up here
1: sure. all righty so for group a we had usa and jamaica taking the first and second spot the usa had uh two wins and one draw the one draw against jamaica Goal difference of 12, which is actually huge. Uh, two back, two back, 6-0 <laughs> games. Um, group B, it's uh, Mexico and Qatar. Mexico taking the first spot. Qatar taking the second spot. Mexico uh, shows up to the quarterfinals with two wins and one loss. That's our loss against Qatar. While Qatar had 1-1-1. So one win, one draw, and one loss. Uh, they in the group stage. Uh, group C, we have Panama and Costa Rica. Panama taking the first spot. Costa Rica taking the second spot. Uh, Panama looking just all right uh, during this group stage. Costa Rica looking rough, definitely. Uh, Having one win, one draw, and one loss. Panama shows up with two wins and one draw. And lastly, we have Group D, where Guatemala took the first spot, um, something that I I wasn't expecting. I don't think anyone was expecting this. Uh, And Canada showing a poor display of uh, football in general, man. Struggling so bad. On this group stage, uh, Canada shows up with one lee- one win, two draws, and Guatemala does show up with two wins and one draw.
0: Yep. Uh, Post mortem, uh, RIP to Trident Topago, St. Kitts, Honduras, Haiti, El Salvador, Martinique, <laughs> Guadalupe, and Cuba. Thanks for playing, GGs, but um, didn't cut it and uh, are knocked out, <laughs> leaving us to these final eight for the quarterfinals. Um, mm-hmm. Adrian, during our predictions episode, I think we did pretty decent, man. I mean, we kind of predicted yeah. Group A to shake out how it did shake out. USA topping in Jamaica in second. Um, I think I had said I thought USA was going to have all nine points, but uh, we did mention how we thought Jamaica was going to be a dark horse, so that that tie mm-hmm. wasn't as bad as you know other uh, results that we saw from other bigger teams. Mexico, yeah. I think you had Qatar going through with Mexico. I had Honduras, so... Props to you. You got that one. I didn't think any of us <laughs> thought Qatar was going to beat Mexico, though. Um, yeah. So, no, that was that was a crazy one. Uh, Panama and Costa Rica, I think we pretty much said 100% that one that we thought that was mm-hmm. going to be the order. And uh, we had Guatemala and Canada going through, but we had them flip-flop. So, we had Canada going exactly. through as first and Guatemala going through as second, um, which ultimately ended up flip-flopping, uh, which was ultimately very hard to predict. Um, <laughs> Next round matchups, uh, we start on Saturday, July 8th, with the first match being Panama versus Qatar, followed by uh, Mexico versus Costa Rica. And mm-hmm. then the quarterfinals conclude on Sunday, where we start with Guatemala versus Jamaica, and USA versus Canada. Um, before we give our predictions of quarterfinals, uh, let's kind of talk USA and Mexico, man. Uh, starting with USA, what did we see in this Gold Cup um, group stage? Um other than, you know, between game one and game three? Uh, and, you know, how, how do we see them kind of shaking out to, to this upcoming match? Um, USA, man, Jesus Ferreira, probably the biggest talking point going into yeah. the quarterfinals. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody that's been heavily criticized for his performance at the World Cup, that match against Netherlands, where he had a horrible uh, first half. But somebody that has um, two back-to-back uh, hat tricks. And I think he's the only one other than Landon Donovan that has like two hat tricks or back to back. Can't remember what this exact stat was. Yeah. Um, What does this all mean, man? What context should we add to this, if
1: any? (laughs) I mean, I know that a lot of the USMNT fans, maybe not the hardcore USMNT fans, and trigger alert for sure. There are gonna be some people uh, getting sensitive. I mean, you know, by me not calling them a hardcore USMNT fan. Uh, But I think everyone's getting excited about jesus ferreira scoring back-to-back hat tricks and becoming the first i don't know in how many times uh, how many years player to have more than i think 10 goals in Gold Cup, um yeah something like that but uh, to me it's like uh, let's put things into perspective right uh to, to provide some context on jesus ferreira rise into the baller he is right now um he has scored, what, um, the total of this two, three, seven, eight, uh, like 14 goals with the USMNT. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his goal tally with the USMNT, all of them have been scored against, uh, you know, some small island or a Central American team. The only this challenging opposition that he has scored against uh, has been Mexico, and that happened this year during the Intercontinental Clásico. Uh, but the other ones is you know he scored two against Trinidad and Tobago in 2021, one against Panama in 2022. He scored four goals against Granada in 2022 during the Concacaf Nations League A against Group A. Uh, he scored three against San and Nevis on this Gold Cup and then three more against Trinidad and Tobago uh, on on this same Gold Cup. So I'm li- listen. I'm not trying to say that he's a bad soccer player. What I'm trying to say is. Don't buy the hype, right? He shows strong uh, against small teams. Let's see how he faces against you know tougher opposition. Now, granted, this is Concacaf, so the toughest opposition that he can get is Canada, Mexico, uh, and maybe Panama as of right mm-hmm. now. Uh, and, and so we shall see if he, you know, if he rises up to the challenge, if he's able to compete against those uh, tougher oppositions. Um, if he's able to compete against Mexico's uh, European legion of center backs and uh, and defenders, let's see if he can withstand uh, the the same level of co- of, of, uh, of competition against MLS-based uh, center backs from Canada. So I mean we, we shall see. Uh, I still think that he's definitely not you know a top uh, choice on the picking order for, for the USMNT. I assume he was chosen. Because he's an MLS base player, and we know that this Gold Cup roster has a lot of MLS players. So um, yeah, I mean, nothing against Jesus Ferreira. Just want to be clear, uh, but come on, man, let's 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 you know, let's put some brakes on this hype train.
0: Yeah, definitely nothing against Jesus Ferreira. You play against who's in front of you, right? Um, you perform against exactly. who's in front of you. It's not his fault that you know he's playing. Uh, not the best opposition. Uh, it's funny because while we were <laughs> while we were uh, during the uh, the break, um, the nickname that appeared for him was the Pirate of the Caribbean because he just scores against Caribbean nations. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like we said, he he don't don't buy the hype yet because um, we mm-hmm. saw him against Jamaica. He was pretty bad that match. Um, yeah, it, it took Brandon Vasquez coming in and scoring in the 80th minute for USA to tie. Um, so even against the dark horse in Jamaica for this gold cup, he didn't do spectacular. It was against St. Kitts and Trinidad where he went off. Um, again, props to him for going off. You play who you play, but, um, yeah, let's definitely pause on the hype train, I think. And, um, let's see how it, it, it goes and carries forward in these ma- upcoming matches where he's going to be f- uh, facing harder opposition. Um, where do you think he ranks on the pecking order for USMNT now? I think there's a substantial gap between Balogun yeah. and Pepe, and then phew, the next, the third in line, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, he, they obviously didn't bring PFOC or Sargent or any of those guys. So where does he compare to those guys?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, this is a tough topic, man. And we can probably make an episode just to discuss this specific issue, right? Um, I honestly don't think he's the top five. Uh, on, on the pecking order, I think, you know, as, as you mentioned, I completely agree with you. As of right now, as of today, the Gun, and Pepe are essentially, you know, three steps ahead of the likes of George George Sargent, Sar- uh, Jordan P. Falk, Hadji Wright, all of those names, right? And in that specific order, George Sargent, Hadji Wright and Jordan P. Falk, to me are ahead of Jesus Ferreira. Now you can make the argument that maybe Jesus Ferrer is in better form mm-hmm. than uh Jordan P but man, come on, Jesus Ferreira plays on, on M- he plays an MLS. Even if Jordan Pifok is only tra- training the in and out and he only plays the Bundesliga Cup, right? The, the DFB Pokal, he's in better, he, he's facing tougher uh defenders just by you know playing every now every now and then. So to me, he's definitely not a top he shouldn't be a top five uh striker for the USMNT. Like um, I, I think they should just be calling him on those for, for those matches that you know you are unable to call European based players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for all Juegos Moleros, but for all I care, <laughs> I mean, I, I think his. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Ferreira shouldn't necessarily be, you know, on the top of Triple G's mind, uh, whenever he comes back.
0: And that's not saying that that's forever. I mean, if it's, he's still super mm-hmm. young. If he moves to Europe, yeah. I mean, he, he'll develop even better. I mean, yeah. so, you know, we're all exactly. for it. Move to Europe, Ferreira, and um, prove yourself. Show like us, you, yeah. You definitely exactly. do have talent. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, moving on from Jesus Ferreira, other goal scorers for the USMNT here, Van Vasquez, he scored against Jamaica, and he scored against Trinidad and Tobago. He has two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordi Mihaljevic has two goals against St. Kitts. Brian Reynolds, he scored against St. Kitts. Kate Cowell, El Caballo Cowell scored against Trinidad and Tobago. and uh, Luca Bustio uh, scored against Trinidad and Tobago. So all in all between uh, Ferreira, Brad Vasquez, uh, Mihailovic, Reynolds, uh, Cow, and Bustio, six different goal scorers here for the USMNT in three games. Um, you know, obviously Trinidad and Tobago and St. Kitts were not really a challenging sides for the USMNT, even for this B team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> team that's easily steamrolled through this group. Um, Jamaica proved mm-hmm. that uh, they a heavy MLS roster in the USMNT might not be enough to win it all, man. Um, you know, Jamaica has a very European-based team with some mm-hmm. MLS guys. I know uh, Blake, the goalie, he's been fantastic for Jamaica. Um, but they have a lot of players that play in the championship or the third division of England or Scotland um, or over there in Europe. So um, a dark horse, how we predicted, and they really did show that I think they were the better team against the USMNT, that whole match. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, is an MLS roster enough for the USMNT to win this tournament? It was two years ago. Um, I don't know if it will be this time. Luckily for the USMNT, Canada's been pretty bad Mexico. We saw them against Qatar has been bad, so yeah. their biggest challenge might actually be the Jamaica team that they can end up maybe meeting in <laughs> the uh, final, depending on what happens. Yeah. Um, you know there was uh, a lot to discuss here in the last two matches that we didn't cover. Um, kind of a uh, Kate Cal Sendejas. Sendejas hasn't been at his best form here. This um, yeah, this it's been now. weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the players that has performed really well in the last couple seasons for in Liga Mekis for América has struggled here with the B team. Someone that's kind of on the fringe mm-hmm. between the B team and the A team. Um, yeah. And what can we say about Ked Cow? He got a goal. He's uh, he's been performing, I think, better than Sendejas, uh, but uh, also hasn't been to the to the kind of level that we've expected of him. Um, I don't know, man. What were your thoughts so far on these on these three matches? Uh, Kind of like resume in summary.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I think you know it's uh, we're starting to see if Sandejas it's it it might be a, a fit for if if it's if he has what it takes to be you know a sub on on the A team, or if he's just a starter for the B team. Um, he hasn't had you know even though the USMNT demolished uh, the last two games, I don't think he was any relevant or has had any significance on that on those matches. Um I think I can make the argument that Kaka will show better more grit and more willingness to you know prove himself out there. Uh when he showed up against Jamaica he did a good job. Um he he was actually putting a lot of pressure and running uh, up the pitch uh <clears throat> trying to to look uh dangerous for for the USMNT and on, on the other two matches I mean on the one he started I know it's it was in kids and Nevis, but he was very participative he was uh Always open and available to provide, you know, that that a specific scape on the offensive for the USMNT. Uh, so I think if I if I was um, BJ Callahan, I would probably just give him give Kate Cowell a chance to start in the next few matches, um, just to see, you know, if it makes sense. Uh, and so those those are my two points on Sendejas and Kate Cowell. Another thing that I want to mention is I'm just glad that he dropped Aaron Long. Aaron Long sucked ass. He was bad <laughs> against Jamaica. I, I'm not too sure why they keep on holly- calling him up. Um, he must be a favorite of the of the coaches. But to be completely clear, there there's plenty of other center backs in MLS and on you know European base that can definitely take uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Long's spot. So I don't really understand why. I don't really understand why they keep on calling calling him. Uh, I don't I don't really get why he keeps on starting. I'm glad that he's not starting on the Gold Cup anymore. I'm glad that he was bench against the you know the Saint Kitts and Nevis and Trinidad and Tobago. He shouldn't be playing anymore for the USMNT. I don't get it. He's not quick. He's super slow. He's not technically technically gifted. Maybe you can argue his physicalness, but are, are tell me man, are there any other uh, center backs in the roster or in the on the pool of players that can actually you know, have a better performance, a better form than Aaron Long? I mean, you, br- you brought up his physicalness.
0: All the other center backs are equally or more physical. Miazga bulkier, maybe the same height or taller. Robinson, Jalen Neal, though probably a little thinner, he's just as tall and physical and young, and he's been performing well as uh, his mm-hmm. replacement for those two matches. Um, yeah, I'm glad that they have benched him. Uh, I think the team looked a lot better without him in the, yeah. in the lineup. And I really mm-hmm. think the uh, the lineup that B.J. Callahan put out against um, the St. Kitts is probably the lineup that uh, best performed, even though they, they tied 6-0 to Trinidad as well, or one 6-0 against Trinidad as well. Um, I really liked that lineup between um, Miazga and Neil in the back or Robinson and Neil. Both of them worked out. Uh, but I liked the front three that he had at uh, Cal, Ferreira, Zendejas, and behind them was kind of Mihailovic and Busio. Um, I think that was very... Uh, he, for, the, for the game against Saint, uh, Trian Tobago, he started as one of the forwards, Christian Roland. Um, so <laughs> you're just like, uh, wh- I don't know. Why? Yeah, that's another <laughs> one that he had a very poor game. He was one that we kind of criticized for his inclusion mm-hmm. in, the, um, in the squad for mm-hmm. this. Someone that even himself said, what am I doing? Not what am I doing here, but like, what's my role here? <laughs> so, uh, he, he was as confused as us. Um, so I don't know, man. Yeah, I agree. Again, nothing against MLS. We there's a lot of decent players here, a lot of good like Miles Robinson, who's a starter maybe even for the for the A team, right? Um, mm-hmm. Zimmerman. Uh, there's MLS has produced some great players, um, but it's just that these specific players are, are some that we do we're left scratching our heads wondering, exactly. um, why do they uh, constantly uh, get called up? Um, <laughs> Speaking of the team and a couple uh, updates to the team before the uh, quarterfinal starts, um, Alan Sonora was injured and he was replaced by San Jose Earthquakes Jackson Uel. I know this was uh, kind of a, um, a another head scratcher. Uh, you know, this guy racked up 19 appearances under Triple G, but he's really never stood out or made an impact the UCMNT at least in my opinion. Um, He hasn't even been playing particularly well this season in MLS, so that was kind of a, hmm, I don't know why we brought him. And Aiden Morris has left the camp due to personal reasons, so those were kind of the big changes between the Gold Cup group stage and the Gold Cup quarterfinals. Um, So as we mentioned before, next match for USMNT will be against Canada, a mediocre Canada team, a team that's not only struggling Mm -hmm. in the field of the Gold Cup, to be fair, they brought their B team. But also, they're struggling financially. The Canada Football Federation might be going down the drain. That's a topic for another video. We'll really cover <laughs> yeah, kind of year, But um, it's just crazy to think that as soon as they start hitting their stride with their golden generation, they're having financial and uh, maybe bankrupt uh, issues. Um, but um, how did Canada get to to qualify here and play against USMT? The first match, 2-2 draw versus Guadalupe. Uh, they tied 0-0 the second match against Guatemala, and they beat Cuba 4-2. Uh, on the final match day of the group stage in order to qualify uh, for this match. Uh, And as we mentioned, USA uh, tied 1-1 Jamaica, beat St. Kitts and Trinidad 6-0 and 6-0. Adrian, this is uh, B-team USA, B-team Canada. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, we know the the ruthlessness of the Canada A-team, though they they were in a very difficult World Cup group. Uh, They performed well against Belgium. We've seen them during qualifying do well. But uh, I don't think they have that depthness that the USA has in terms of uh, yeah. having a, as quality B team. What are your predictions for this matchup, man?
1: The, I think Canada keeps on getting a reality check. They have they have been getting reality checks since you know Qatar. So why not continue it, right? Um, I think they're going to lose. I think the USMNT is going to win. You know, three one, maybe. It's it's not. Gonna, it doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy match for the USMNT. It just means that I think. Uh, you know, at some point in time, the Canada is going gonna, is gonna to say, screw it, go Hail Mary and see if we can tie the match. And the USMNT is just going to capitalize on that uh, lack of coverage on the back. So, um, yeah, tough love for Canada, but that's what you get. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I also feel that they've been getting a lot of poor guys' reality checks since Canada. <laughs> I, see, I see it at a 2-1. I don't know. Um, I think the USA might struggle a little bit early on just because they're kind of uh, have been really like calm and really casual these last two games winning mm-hmm. 6-0, 6-0. Um, they're probably in that mentality that like, oh man, this opposition hasn't been great and maybe it's switched off a little bit. Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully they're able to switch on and, you know, win. I think they'll win, but it might just take them. Might start. They might start off a little slow, and the game might be a little scrappy there in the beginning, just uh, messy. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get into La Selección Mexicana. Um, Mexico, Diego Coca got sacked right before the tournament got mm-hmm. hit by Jimmy Lozano. There was a dram- dramatic, dramatic change in how the team is viewed, how the fans are viewing the team, how the, um, media is viewing the team, how the team itself is playing and viewing itself with Jimmy Lozano at the helm. I think he brought back a, uh, that pride, uh, you know, being as a, yeah. as a, a past uh, player himself, being Mexican himself. Um, he kind of connects with the fans, kind of connects with the team more, I feel. And, um, you saw that in the first two games for sure. Um, Mm-hmm. But there was also hints of that Diego Coca uh, performances coming through. I think, granted, they were overshadowed. Um, but um, w- what did what did you see really the, the first two games from Mexico, without really going into the the game against Qatar because that we'll, we'll get into that one for sure. But um, what were some struggles that were kind of overshadowed by the two <clears throat> wins for Jimmy?
1: Yeah, you know this is a great question, man, because uh, I I think that. You know all this hype, and, and and I wanna I wanna preface with the same uh, approach that I had to Jesus Ferreira. It's let's put some let's put up a, a, a good break on the hype train for a Lamborghini. Um, I think you know all this euphoria that was built up with Jimmy jumping in, Kakadiu uh, going out, and uh, the players having a change in personality and attitude and whatnot. And these two early matches where Mexico was dominant, right in in the score and also during the match uh, overshadow one specific key aspect that keeps on coming back even though the, even the Oivo Coca is gone. If you pay really close attention on you know the, the, the transitions between offensive to defense for Mexico, you can re, you, you will realize that Mexico struggles severely when defending uh, without the ball and then running towards their, their goal. Uh, you can see you know the, the wingers and more specifically the left back and the right back struggling, significantly trying to catch up to the opposition whenever they face on, on a attack, They are great. You know, all of them, Jorge Sanchez, Julio Narajo, Gerardo Ortiz, and Jesus Gallardo. all of these players are great at offensive transitions. So breaking from, you know, stealing the ball and moving towards the last two thirds of the, of, the, of the opposition pitch. They are great at that specific mo- motion. But when it comes to, hey, you lose the ball and you have to come back, they struggle severely, not not only because they're not fast enough. It's just that they lose complete uh, understanding of their role, defensively speaking, and so they find their, themselves, you know, making fouls at, at, on, at the middle of the pitch, weren't the unnecessary fouls that you don't you don't have to be making if you're properly positioned, uh, based on how the move the, how the team is moving forward, right? Um, so I, I saw a lot of those issues. Uh, throughout the first two matches, they got overshadowed because Mexico had a good score, so that you know they, they went ahead and, and pretty much uh, you can say they destroyed the two the two early early matches. But um, no one paid attention to those deficiencies. And right. with Qatar, you were able to spot those right there and then. Uh, it was easy to see how the midfield and the, de- uh, the defense were not having a good day. Against the the quick pace of the Qatari uh, side,
0: yeah, I think people were still under the euphoria of we got rid of Diego Ococa, we went with Jimmy Lozano, we won back-to-back games. Um, mm-hmm. They they didn't realize, yeah, I mean, Mexico, Qatar was just a glimpse of what Jamaica's gonna bring, and Jamaica's on the on the uh, bracket side of Mexico. So, assuming Mexico beats Costa Rica, the most likely we me, me could meet Jamaica in the the semifinals. Yeah um a jamaican side that has a lot of speed just like that we saw with that counterattack on uh for qatar right their one attack on target mm-hmm. their one chance and they scored it fantastic chance great great effort mm-hmm. on that um maybe memo could have saved that maybe not but um he didn't but uh it just it just the, i think the speed the explosiveness is is what like you said what really hurts this team and it doesn't matter the physicality if as well yeah it, it doesn't matter really who who starts back there for on the wings for uh, Mexico. You know, if you have este Jorge Sanchez Gallardo, este um, what's his name Julian Araujo, Arteaga. all of the Artiaga, all of them struggled um, defending. Uh, it, it was just more of a they're good at reading the plays going up, and uh, when, whenever it's a direct attack against them, they're they're decent, but. When, when it's a non-direct, quick counter, um, switch of the field, it's it's where we really see Mexico struggling. And, um, you know, I, how, would you, how would you rate the center backs, man? Uh, we're talking a lot about the the, the, the left-right yeah. backs, but what, what do you think? How, how did these guys do?
1: So I think Johan Vasquez in general did all right. Um, he has proven to be, if not perhaps the best uh, center back for the entire Gold Cup right now. Um Unfortunately, Cesar Montes was completely out because of this uh, sanctions that g- he got on post uh, after the USMNT semifinal match. Uh, but man, Israel Reyes is not necessarily taking advantage of Cesar Montes being uh, sidelined. side-lined. Um, Israel Reyes looked rough out there, man. Uh, again, the first two matches overshadow his uh, deficiencies in terms of physicality and being able to catch up uh, to the opposition during counterattacks. He isn't necessarily slow but i don't think he's fast enough or physical enough to be to you know to just rise up to the challenge and and fight um against the strikers and uh, wingers of the other teams uh if you you pay close attention they're also struggling like communication between both center backs you you will see that they were not necessarily doing good uh ladder step ups uh for one for, for each other and uh You just could see that, you know, they're they're not necessarily uh, comfortable playing one one another. So uh, I think Israel Reyes, it's a good uh, sub for uh, Cesar Montes, but he keeps on proving or, you know, shouting to everyone that uh, Cesar Montes has to be the starting uh, center back for, for El Tri.
0: Yeah, thank other than Israel Reyes, two other players that really did not um, take advantage of their opportunities. Uh, Artiaga as we discussed, and yeah. uh, Santiago Jimenez, I, um,
1: dude, both, yeah,
0: who, yeah, just left us with the, what's going on here? You're playing below par opposition, and you're not able to really make this position yours. Um, I will Artiaga. Obviously, we kind of discussed already. You know, was being beat a lot by his man. Was um, unable to really uh, cover in transition. But Santi Jimenez on the other side of the field as a forward, where Mexico really does not have a lot of competition right now in that position. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 open for somebody to come in and make that their you know starting spot, right? Um, yeah. What ha, what do you think has made him struggle so much against these smaller teams that you know we only saw him score what was it one goal against? Um, i uh, p haiti, haiti. Um, yes and, and that was it
1: uh-huh so i'm i'm not too sure what's going on i don't think it's a matter of you know him having poor form or not necessarily having the technique necessary i think he has been there he's he has he has he has the ability to finish the plays, right he's been he's been there when he he has to he has shown up to the to the play to finish it up to finish it up and he is he's we're supposed to be at every single time is that last touch that he's not necessarily doing a good job on. I think he, he, he I think this is, this is a mental situation. I think he's, he's getting a lot of pressure from the media, from the fans, from, you know, everything outside of El three that he's supposed to be the hair of this specific position, right? Nothing against Hirre Martin. We all know that he had an outstanding season with America, uh, last season in liga mx but we all know that santi jimenez albebote he is the you know next one to take care of that number nine position in el Tri. so i I just feel that he he's having a a mental uh obstacle where he's he's unable to break it and feel relaxed you know you can see that he you can see you can see him anxious, dude. I mean, if you pay attention to his his movements and the way that he shows up on the on the box, you can yeah. feel that you can see that he's just you know anxious and pressured to score a goal, and I think that is what what's making him think. Well, making him making him overthink how to finish the place. Um, and and I, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I I don't I don't I don't see him as you see him in Feyenoord, where he doesn't really have that much pressure over his shoulders that he's able to pretty much just float around the box and use his physicalness to open up spaces for the, for his, uh, his teammates. But with L3, I think that he, he just feels, um, uh, he feels that he needs to be performing every single match. Otherwise he's not, uh, living up to, to the hype.
0: That's interesting, man, because, um, I agree with you to extent, but I also ha- from what I've been seeing on comments and social media, etc., um, I feel that the Mexican fan base is very patient with uh, El Bebote, just because he he was such a good goal scorer this past season in in Europe. He's mm-hmm. young; he's the future. The fans know that he's the future. They appreciate him, um, and he just—I don't know—I I, I've I don't see Henry Martin getting that type of treatment after if he were to perform three stinkers. Or, you know, any other forward. Uh, but at the same time, you you look at him and you look at why he's not scoring, maybe. Is it do you think it has to do with the who he has around him? I mean, because you look at the midfield of Luis Chavez, Romo, Sanchez, Eric Sanchez, and then on playing on his right and left, you have Pineda and Antuna usually, right? Um, mm-hmm. are they missing that Chucky Lozano, that uh, more attacking-minded creativity player? Or do you think it's just? That, well, I, mean, I mean, Mexico <laughs> doesn't even have anybody to replace
1: right now. <laughs> it's it's not. A, I mean, it's it's not a lie, or it's not necessarily something that we haven't covered. That Oriel Antuna sucks ass on the last third of the pitch. Right? He makes almost every single time the wrong decision. If he needs to, <laughs> if he needs to cross the ball, he freaking does another dribble. If he needs to dribble, he crosses the ball. Right? So I, I don't right. think. Uh, I, I I feel that this is 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 a. It's a compliment to the situation that Belivote is going through right now. I don't think his wingers are necessarily putting him or setting him up for success. And going back to the fans' uh, comment, that's what I meant. Is I don't it, I, This pressure isn't because of the fans piling up on him. It's because of the fans having so much hope, hope that he's going to uh, be the next gotcha. one in line that he mm. feels that pressure, man. That's what mm. I meant. doesn't want to let them down. Exactly. But going back to the, you know, the support that he has on the wings, I, I mean, it's, it's Uriel Antuna and unfortunately Orbelin hasn't been too hot on the Gold Cup as well. Um, right. And and so it, here's the thing is that on, on the game against Qatar, you saw a plenty amount of crosses, right? But none mm-hmm. of them were directed or specifically uh, allowing Belvebote to be an advantage against the opposition, right? So yeah. it is a, it is a, it's a, combo, a combination of things is on fire not he has better players that are i guess suited to his uh style and his uh physical proudness. proudness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Mexico is man you have a antuna and it doesn't get better <laughs> <laughs> right um before we
0: kind of move on to who Mexico's playing next and um, uh-huh. I I kind of want to talk about uh, Luis Chavez man somebody that is kind of still living oh. off of his uh, performance against Saudi Arabia in the yeah. World Cup, and has really been mm-hmm. not spectacular for Mexico. Um, is, is he? How do you rate his performance in this Gold Cup? And do you think he can Oof. find his his peak again? Uh-huh. Or have have you, you a- have you even thought
1: that he's been playing bad? This is a great topic of conversation, man, and um, thank you so much for bringing it up. I I think he has been way below par on <clears throat> on his you know performance and form. Um, I think he's also a victim of you know the good first scores that Mexico was able to build up uh, on those f- first two matches, and I totally agree with you. I think he's one of those players that he keeps on living, uh, uh, keeps on living with that go lasso that he scored against Saudi Arabia. Um, but other than that, all of his performances have been below decent, dude. Uh, uh he hasn't been a driver or a, uh, you know, a, a, a significant contributor to the team, even though, on the, you know, on those first two matches, he, I I've seen him more lost on the pitch than actually driving the offensive. Um, on those, you know, transitions, you see him commit, I mean, again, making some poor choices on the midfield, defensively speaking, committing fouls faults that aren't necessarily, you know, a like you don't really need them, right? There's there's a thing called tactical foul where you, you stop the play of the opposition, but he's been he he has been making the wrong decisions even even on those tactical fouls. Um mm-hmm. he, he's he's not he, he's not he's not in good form. He's just he just isn't. I think I'm not sure if he's too worried about trying to make a move to Europe that he's not necessarily paying attention um, or the you know, the 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 tally of matches is just, you know, has caught up with him. Right. Because he's been playing almost nonstop uh, between November of last year till today. So,
0: yeah. Um, and we, we kind of saw that definitely against Qatar um where yeah he played a little better up op- Qatar better opposition than on lus nighty but um in a in a, in a game where they had 25 chances I can't remember 25 shots I cannot remember one of those shots really troubling the goalie man yeah, yeah. or maybe just shots okay. from outside the box straight to the goalie or you know rebound it off i do not remember for the life of me a chance that i was like oh my god that's almost a goal you know um so 25 shots to Qatar's one um could we blame Luis chavez for that the lack of creativity there in the midfield maybe i mean i think it was a a, a um a lot of items that went wrong for mexico that are to blame here but uh definitely he's yeah. one of the players that uh Mexico is going to need to step it up if they want a chance to win this World uh, Gold Cup because um, at the at the, how they're playing right now, even though they have the majority of their A team, and we said they were favorites to start the tournament. I do not know if they're favorites anymore um, yeah, because they are not really performing too well. The um, the what was it called Luna de Miel? The uh, how do you, how do you say Lula de the de honeymoon Miel, honeymoon phase with Chimi um, Lozano is is starting to wear thin. And ending soon, so uh, maybe it ended already with the Qatar results, so um, we'll see how <laughs> how the team performs here in the quarterfinals. Obviously, Mexico well, damn, the next dude. match next match for L3 will be against a mediocre Costa Rica team, a team who in the past 20 years, I'd, I'd say has been probably among the big three of CONCACAF with the U.S., Costa Rica, Mexico. Uh, but mm-hmm. is kind of in a transitional phase. Their old guard, their golden generation is pretty much out, fa- or being phased out, and they have an older mm-hmm. Joel uh Joel Cambo kind of leading the line. Not the Costa Rica of old, but then again, you know, right now neither is Mexico. Um Costa Rica in order to qualify <laughs> here, beat Panama two or lost to Panama two one. They drew Salvador 0-0 zero, zero, and they beat Martinica 6-4. Uh Mexico obviously to get here, beat Honduras 4-0, beat IT three one, and lost to Qatar one-nil. Um what do you predict for this match against Costa Rica? A t- Costa Rica team that always give Mexico hell. Um, do you think uh, they'll put up a fight against this? Or do you see Mexico maybe waking up and steamrolling Costa Rica through and getting to the semifinals?
1: Oof, man. I mean, it's... Jeez. Ah, uh, if Mexico would have won against Qatar uh, pretty much walking, I would have said yes, they're going to steamroll uh, over Costa Rica. But I see this uh, as a tough match. Um, even though Costa Rica is not necessarily hot right now, and is having plenty of struggles. Um, I see Mexico moving on, but I don't see them having a strong uh, display against Costa Rica. I think they're gonna they're gonna keep on struggling. Um, and I really hope that El Lozano starts settling down on who are go- who are his starting eleven players, right? Because we, we we saw a huge rotation against Qatar. Um, a, a significant smaller rotation against um, so it was Honduras and then uh, IT a small rotation against IT and then huge one for for Qatar so I really hope that he goes back to you know those players that had you know good performance and are in decent form right now um, I do see Mexico advancing to the semifinals um, and uh, from the semifinals above it's a you know it's all up in the air. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is a uh, question for you. I don't know if you know this, uh, but Cesar Montes's suspension is over, right? He should be eligible. For- yeah. Uh
1: huh. He should oh, be eligible big, to play against Costa Rica. Uh huh. Because he, he got four matches as uh, for suspension, and I think the match against First Panama point. counted as one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. So so
0: that'll be a big help um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, because because of that, I think Mexico wins two 0 um, maybe 3-0. Um, I just, I, I see the center backs too strong for what Costa Rica has going forward right now. I I, I don't think they'll, they'll yeah. score. Um, so yeah, I again, up in the air after that, especially if they have to play Jamaica, but um, we'll get there and give our predictions when we get to the semifinals. Adrian, man, mm-hmm. it's been good talking with you about this, brother, uh, before we take off. Working on this find finest, dude.
1: Dude, you can always find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. Last but not least, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Puro puropinchegol. We post stuff every now and then. And I wanna do a public service announcement. We are having a giveaway. Please go check out our, previ- our, our giveaway video, which we should be uploaded um, on our channel as well. Pay close attention on our Instagram account because we're gonna be reminding you guys about the giveaway. But I just want to remind you, you have to subscribe to the channel and you have to make a comment on the giveaway video. All right. If you don't, if you post comments in this video or in you know in the future ones between now and the end of the Gold Cup, they're not gonna count. You have to go to the giveaway video to make a comment and be a subscriber of the channel they'll
0: count we'll respond to them but they won't count for the giveaway right we 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 always love to <laughs> exactly. listen to y'all's comments and read your yes. comments so if you have comments uh-huh. about this video comment on this video here for sure but for mm-hmm. the giveaway comment on the giveaway video that you're interested you want to enter who your favorite team is between USA and Mexico or who, which jersey you prefer to win if you win and who your favorite player past, or present is for either USA or Mexico um, but yeah make sure you comment there make sure you comment here I uh, we love uh, discussing with you guys in the comment and uh, we'll leave a link to the uh, giveaway video in our description below. And we'll link it at the end of this video as a clickable uh, uh, image there on the video. Adrian, man, good to get back in the rolling in the steam of things here, man, making some more videos yes, here on uh, Puro Pinche Gol, PPG Nation. Uh, appreciate the the patience with us as we were out for a week. Um, glad to be back and uh, we'll see you in the next one, man.
1: Take it easy, my friend. Always a pleasure. Likewise. See you, dude. Bye.